Real big. I know one day I would do it real big. All right. So today we have Jace Henderson on. Um, Jace, you know, I know you as an incredibly creative person and one of my good friends, of course. Um, but, you know, we were back in college just writing songs in the basement together. And now you're a full time artist, parent, um, and tech sales professional. Uh, it seems like a lot, but, you know, we're going to unpack that a little bit here. But before we do that, um, could you let us know a little bit about um, how you define yourself and what you do? Whew. I don't think that question was on the uh, the pre-question list questionnaire that we just <laughs> saw playing, man. Um, man, uh, well, my name is Jace Henderson. Um, <clears throat> I am a father, first and foremost. Um, I have two beautiful daughters, 11-year-old, who is a... Um, who's a, in competitive cheerleading in fifth grade and um, a six-year-old who is a unicorn right now. She was a unicorn for, <laughs> she was a unicorn for um, Halloween. And uh, that, that picture always comes to mind just because, you know, that's the type of kid that she is. She just surprises me with just conversations, things that she does in school. Um, but uh, outside of that, I'm an artist as well. So a singer, songwriter, producer, I'm currently in the process of starting a, uh, artist development camp as well as a songwriting and production camp with a team of individuals that work consistently with in music and then outside of that um i'm also a um, sales professional so I'm, I'm an account executive for a company uh for a, a tech company and um yeah man so i'm like 50 50 50 uh, you know it's definitely not into thirds because it definitely leaks over into each other's aspect but i definitely get i'm definitely a 50 50 50 individual right now that sounds awesome, man. You know, it sounds like you're really squeezing the juice out of life right now. Um, and, you know, let's talk a little bit about the early life, little Jace. Uh, how'd you nurture your creativity while you were growing up? Baby Jay, uh, man, honestly, it's, it's interesting because, you know, especially when I talk about the music, because I, it, I wasn't always an artist. I was always artistic, um, always a creative kid. Like I always, you know, used to draw, but never really did anything with it. Um, honestly didn't start doing really doing music until um, I don't know if I told you this story before but we were in college and uh, we attended Howard University together and one night we had a party it was at uh, the Cloisters I don't want to be too specific specific this would be specific to our Howard audience um, but we were in the Cloisters and it was a party I think we were like sophomores and for some reason someone was like yo let's go around the circle and let's like freestyle and we'll just go around the room and uh, everyone was like, you know, we're, you know, we're lit, we're imbibing. Um, so we oblige and we go around the room and everyone kind of keeps it going. And then it gets to me and I like completely mess it up. I don't know what I did, but, I, but all I remember is everyone looking at me like, damn, man, you messed that up. <laughs> like, let's do something else, y'all. <laughs> so, so I had that, that's like the, one of the earliest memories of me being in music. Fast forward, like I ended up taking a break from school. Um, after that, I go back home to uh, Kansas City and uh, I'm kicking it with some of my boys and and these guys never really attended college. All they did was work, smoke weed and freestyle. And you know, mm. what, what, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so right. I decided to go home and start writing just so I could you know, kind of fit in and, and uh, ultimately led to me getting better. We decided to <clears throat> actually record some songs. So we go to a studio and we, uh, we write some songs, we go to the studio and record them. And um, one of the songs had a hook that, you know, needed some vocals on. So we all kind of went around and uh, I sounded, you know, the best. I guess I could always kind of hold a tune, hold a note. 
Um, and um, fast forward through that summer, I ended up going back to Howard University and I moved in with a friend of uh, a good friend of mine who, you know, RIP DeAndre Bailey, um, but he had studio equipment and, you know, the rest is history, man. I, I used to skip class and just be in the studio all day. <laughs> so I don't even know what your question was, but hopefully <laughs> gives you a little insight into who I am in terms of uh, artistically. That's awesome. And rest in peace to treat DeAndre, man. Um, yeah. And, you know, many people have linear professional progressions and I feel like some people don't. And I think that those are things that are really hard to explain sometimes when you don't necessarily have a linear background. Um, could you talk a little bit about the mindset you were going through as you were just transitioning throughout the different levels of your career journey? Because I know you, you were in real estate for a little bit. Um, now you're in tech sales. Could you talk a little bit about that transition period? Yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the linearity of it all. And, and honestly, you know, at least in my experience, it wasn't like the, the general, the typical kind of matriculation of school to a, a position in your field or, or a position similar to your, your skill set. And then you just kind of stay in that industry and just kind of move up. I think more so in my trajectory, it, there's a certain level of linearity but just kind of like all over the place, it's kind of hard to really spot the, the pattern. Um, but after school, I was actually kind of during school, I started working for Verizon. Um, actually, you know what, when I think about it, um, sophomore year to make money, I actually worked for Verizon Wireless. Um, it, was like an, <laughs> it was like an authorized retailer. So it wasn't like an actual store, but it was in Adams Morgan. And just a quick funny story, my manager, <laughs> like I, I used to um, you know, have to walk from, our dorms, um, what's the name of that dorm? Uh, Meridian, used to walk from Meridian to Adams Morgan to work and uh, used to slide in whenever I wanted because my manager apparently uh, was like, had narcolepsy. So he would randomly fall asleep like mid conversation with customers. What? <laughs> and like, like <laughs> I, swear, I swear to you, like literally I would have to, I was technically like an assistant manager because I, I would have to handle all these, you know, <laughs> above my payroll questions and situations because he would literally fall asleep in the middle just like that I swear wow. it's crazy so that didn't last too long but but anyway so I was <laughs> I was in sales back then and then after school I, I went back to working for Verizon but in an official location um, from there I got into property management so I was in leasing for a little bit I started as a concierge um, so just you know I always I've always been working with people whether it's um, service, customer support, or, or sales. And I think that that mm -hmm. led me to be successful in property management. I ended up being, becoming a leasing manager, so managing the leasing staff, then managing two properties. And then I left there, went to another company. It was in like on the corporate aspect, corporate side of it. Um, left DC, moved to Denver, um, started a business, working um, a couple of businesses with a, a colleague of mine. And then from there, got into the company, got into tech. Um, and again, like I said, it's all over the place, but trajectory wise, I've always been dealing with, with people. Um, I've always been able to establish rapport with people. Um, some of the friendships that I have to this day um, that helped me get into the, in the field that I'm in now stemmed from me uh, managing and being a concierge and leasing in downtown Washington, DC. So, um, and uh, currently I'm in the tech space. Um, I'm in UCAS, so United Communications. And, you know, it's great. It's, it's been great. And, and like I said, the success that I, I've seen there the skills that I learned through my journey of being in sales and support and uh, customer service add to, you know, me being able to come to work authentic and um, be successful and be able to uh, relate to customers. 
Yeah. I mean, I think you said so much there. You like condensed like a almost 15 years worth of just true like hard work into maybe like two minutes. So I really appreciate you for doing that. Um, <laughs> Man, I don't know if you if you if you could see yeah. what I was doing in my mind to do that. It was like a beautiful mind, like, oh shoot. <laughs> you see there, there was a lot of people in there just yeah. Connected dots and stuff like the like the telephone companies have used to have to do. Oh, who are you trying to call? Oh, then they take that one that wire and plug it up over here. There was a lot of people inside my head doing that right there. So, yeah, no, I understand, man. And, and you know, that's one of those things that I think comes up a lot when it comes to career journeys. It's like how many how many years do you have in sales? How many years do you have in X Y Z? But you really have fifteen years of experience in you know customer facing roles um you know sales talking to people because i feel like transferable skills are probably the most um i think the most underrated skill set that's hardly ever talked about um in any career field so you use your transferable skills and now you're comfortable and confident in this sales role um i feel like you know we're going to transition a little bit into the the fact that you're just a creative uh, beast because I remember those days in the basement I'd be like wait a second that was a good that was really good Jace did you write that yourself um, and so I feel like um, there are a lot of people that exist that have this creative energy inside them but they don't necessarily let it out um, why do you think that is from your perspective honestly in I think that I have a I have a very interesting like I kind of spoke about my background in music um, and I think what's added to my success in that is because I don't have like the formal background or the education and all those, all the pressure that's added from the teachers and from, you know, growing up being a musician and all those things. I, I literally have such a pure artistic form because it, I do it just because I want to and love it. I was having this conversation earlier and with my team. And everyone that, that makes music with me that's on my team, I have a producer, um, Dante Hayes, he has his own business. He works in uh, healthcare, but also is a, a, a superstar um, engineer. Um, Lyndon Gray, he's an artist I collaborate, collaborate with frequently. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. Lyndon. But he has his own business, um, his own nonprofit. Um, James Michael Brown is probably one of my biggest main engineers and is more of a mentor and it's kind of helped me with this music as well as my the, the uh, producer I use now um, his name is Hanif and um, what's amazing about the the individuals and it's all just been so organic how the relationships um, have come to be we all have nine to fives like we all have jobs and careers that we do and we can literally I can shut my laptop right here and this is my music laptop I can shut this down never look at it again and be completely successful in whatever I want to do and whatever I end up doing. Um, so the way that I express music and the art is, is, is just straight pure. It's just me drawing and me painting however I feel. And it's not, an, uh, it's not necessary for me to, you know, I don't have to sell a record. I don't have to sell albums. I don't have to book a show or anything like that. Um, and I feel like what limits a lot of people is the feeling that you know, there's no money in it. There's this connotation that stigma that, oh, you can't do it. You know, it'd be a starving artist and everything. And that's something I had to deal with when I took that break from school and I started writing and rapping and my parents were like, oh, you're going to drop out of school and become a rapper now. Da, 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 da. So I had to say, I was, I was very defensive about that. All I, I would just, no, I just do it for fun. I just do it for fun. 
And for a long time, that that kind of hindered me from from growing because I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I care too much about what people thought about me. And you know, I, I went to Howard University, and you know, everyone pictured me as me being this professional and you know, career driven and and all that. So um, I, I I felt for a while what those people feel the the uh, the negative stigma behind being an artist, and you know, somehow found a way to balance and be be a father, be a professional, um, you know, a career-driven professional in a completely separate space, but still be able to do music and now be able to do music in a competitive way and find ways to, um, to push the genre forward and push the, the industry forward. Yeah, man, I think that's so powerful because not, not too many people really take the time to say, look, this is what I'm gonna do no matter what people think. Um, I think a lot of people need to hear that and uh, utilize that information. When I became a father, man, I stopped giving up about what motherfuckers thought because yeah. it was just me. It was me, her mother, and and her, and we were young. I was twenty. I was twenty three, I believe, when I had my first daughter, and had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Excuse my language. I'm sorry. I don't know. If we, I had no, you can bleep that out, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, had no idea what I was doing and had no peers, man. I had, I was, you know, in DC, you know, young, all my, all my friends and colleagues and peers, they were just, just fresh out of, out of school. A lot of them moved back home, you know, maybe living with their parents or going straight into, into, into the business world. Um, uh, but no one had, no one had kids, you know, no one was really in a serious relationship. So it was, it was, it was me and her and her mother and her like figuring it out. And we, seen some struggles and we like you know i want to i don't want to get into it but we we've seen some stuff and uh you know after getting through that getting through that and and uh making it on the other side man i don't give you know because i didn't have i don't i i, I um i'm reluctant to take advice and ask questions to people that haven't that don't have experience you know as most people should you you know you don't want to ask advice or, or really listen to those that really don't fully understand what you're going through and can really empathize um, and have and be able to put some context to it because a lot of people, you know, giving advice and, and this is just human nature, you know, transfer their own uh, beliefs and their own feelings and their own limitations onto people. They project a lot. So from early age, I realized that and, you know, to the detriment to myself and, and, and progression in certain aspects, but for the most part, allow me to get to where I'm at now, where I'm in this space operating in places where, again, I, I don't really, I don't know anyone else that's operating as an artist the way that I am, but also um, besides, besides, actually besides yourself, and then also, um, you know, a father and also mm -hmm. full-time employee, employee and, you know, whatever they're doing, you know, so. Yeah, man, and just to speak to that a little bit, I feel like people don't, people take kind of take for granted that the fact that, um, you know, we only get one of these lives and you can't like waste time focusing on yeah, other people's opinions, um, especially when you have this, you know, beautiful creative energy in you. Um, and we were basically designed to create. And I think um, that's aside from just the things that are, are aligned with our job. So, man, I totally, I totally understand what you're saying. Um, and, you know, when it comes to your musical inspiration, where do you get that from? Like, what's your, like, what are your main uh, we talked about that Kanye documentary a little bit, but uh, what are your main influences? You know what? I literally kind of had a breakthrough the other day and I was just like, you know what? <clears throat> um, 
and I guess it kind of speaks to the point I just mentioned, man. Honestly, Kanye is probably one of the biggest inspirations to me as an artist and, and my favorite artist of all time. Um, you know, I, I have the ability, I, I'm compartmentalized. Like I let things bleed over when it's necessary, yeah. but I can compartmentalize the actual person. But I think that in our, in our generation, in our time on this earth, I feel like he's done more for like artistically and creatively and pushing fashion, culture, and, and everything forward for us. Probably one of the most influential people of, of our lifetime. Honestly, I believe that. Now, and, and I'm willing to accept the faults that he has, you know, in order for his, his contribution. I would no way erase what he's what he's accomplished just so I don't have to hear that he supports Trump or, you know, I, it's unfortunate how he's handling this, this um, you know, situation with his divorce, but I can't speak on that because I've never been married and dealt with divorce and, and, uh, but I do know that, uh, you know, I have, I have children and I have girls and I know that if something got in the way of that, I don't know how I would act. I know I'd make some mistakes and do some crazy stuff. And then I, he's also mm -hmm. under like a ridiculous microscope. You know, we see everything that he does and it's, it's, uh, you know, beneficial to him in a lot of aspects, you know, when it comes to it musically and him kind of pushing forward tech, um, as it pertains to music. But when it comes to like his personal life, you know, we, we judge him for how he's moving and everything and not really taking into account what may be, you know, being how he's handling the situation that he's in. He wants his family, you know, and you know. but anyways, he's a big influence. I'm also a pr uh, producer and, and songwriter. So um, as someone that understands making something from nothing, you know, like a song without having an idea or a concept, without having a, a beat to start writing to. I have, you know, I've grown into being able to start from a single note and build from that. Like I'm, a, I'm more of an architect than anything. Like I, I, I build the beat and then my emotions and my feelings and my thoughts continue to, to uh, lay brick after brick. And then I come in with the lyrics and everything. And he's, a, he's someone that I get a lot of inspiration from. Party Next Door is another one. Um, he's probably my second favorite because he's also a singer, songwriter and producer as well. Um, but I'm super big on the oldies too. Like I love, obviously love Michael Jackson, big fan yeah. of um, Miles Davis, um, big fan of Stevie Wonder, obviously the, the greats. Um, but uh, under all that, one of my favorite groups is Hall and Oates. Like I get, I draw a lot of inspiration. <laughs> I get, I draw a lot of inspiration from Hall and Oates. Not gonna lie, a lot of notes, uh, a lot. And then probably my favorite is Charlie Wilson. That's probably where I draw the most from. I, I love I love his harmonies. I love how he writes. I love how he collabs with artists. Um, yeah, it's a whole lot. I feel like I'm like all those kind of like, you know what I'm saying, condensed. And Charlie Wilson is the man. I remember my mom used to, <laughs> she used to play his songs on repeat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that whole. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, man sorry and so um you know it seems like you're hold on i'm sorry i'm just like enjoying this moment um you knew this was gonna be like this i told yeah, you i, I knew was coming in man <laughs> i'm coming in hot <laughs> yeah, i knew it was gonna be like this um but you know you know it seems like you're extremely focused on living life on your terms and i think that can definitely be jarring to many people especially the people that are in your life the people that are closest to you um what do you say to people that are afraid of the opinions of others or even feel stuck where they are 
um, when they basically encounter these types of challenges? Um, I mean, honestly, you know, I always, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, believer in like getting back to the basics and um, that, that ideology for me personally stems from, I, I used to have this, this thing that I would do when I was dealing with an issue or a problem. Uh, one of my best friends, Gabriella Hart would always say, I would like go into fetal position. Like I would like ball up and like cut everything, cut everything off and, you know, just ball up and just kind of deal with it internally when, you know, I have, I have the ability, I have a lot of friends, not, not a lot of friends, but I have like some key, key people in my life that, uh, that are there to help in those situations. And as opposed to asking for help, um, I would, uh, I would just ball up and deal with it and handle it internally. And honestly, that's something that I literally, that's, that's, you know, kind of held me back in a lot of situations. And it's something I really just had to face recently, um, within my current situation. Like I just got came back from taking a, a month off from work, personal medical or personal leave, just so I can kind of get my mind right. And it stemmed from, you know, me, as opposed to, you know, stepping back and understanding what the problem is um, and uh, focusing on that. I, what I, like I said, my issue usually is just internalizing, but I would say probably my, my, um, my tip for, for those is to ask for help, man. Like asking for help is the, is I would say the key is so key. We all have, I was listening to a podcast and we all have this misplaced trust in, in people and in, in, in individualism, like got it out the mud by myself, started, started from the bottom by myself. It was just me. You know what I'm saying? Either, you know, moving with that ideology and mindset, you're either going to slow your progress down or you're just not going to make it and turn around, you know, um, asking for help, man, that's, that's a hundred percent. Number one, obviously doing the work, work yourself and, and trying to approach problems with solution-based mindset, but asking for help, man, like literally my life has completely changed in the past three months after I decided to ask for help in one situation. And literally my, everything has changed. New, new career, um, me as an artist, I blossomed so much within that period of time, my relationships with my, with my girls, um, has has grown in the relationship with my friends has grown when I've just been able to acknowledge my faults, acknowledge what's going on, the problem, and then asking for help. Yeah, asking for help, using your community. Because um, I feel like you and I have been in communication a lot more within the past few months. So um, I don't think you've asked me for help, but uh, we've <laughs> definitely, um, you know, been talking a lot more and it's probably a, you know, a byproduct of you doing that. So man, I'm, I'm glad that you did. It's awesome. Yeah. And then surrounding, you know, not really to answer your question to kind of build the compound, yeah. that, you know, surrounding yourself by individuals that are like-minded and, and non, not like-minded, you know, um, kind of back mm -hmm. to that linearity point, you know, even though, you know, we may be different in a lot of areas. I feel like fundamentally you and I are very similar and in, in that we're artists and that we're mm -hmm. um, successful in our careers. We, we love, you know what I'm saying? You, you, uh, you're a father as well, you know, mm -hmm. and though we do things very differently, that's as opposed to me asking for help from you, there's things that I draw from you um, that I gain from our conversation. You know, um, I, what I've learned from a lot of successful people, especially those that are artists is that, um, you know, apart from reciprocating that, that type of those, those benefits and those key benefits they see from those is that they understand what it is that the people around them bring to them. And they take from that. They, but they, and, and they fill it back up, you know, 
one thing I take from you is your professionalism um, and your ability to, you know, though you're real chill and laid back, you still can control a room when necessary. You know, that, those are some things that I see that I take from you that, I, that I've helped apply to myself. And that's why I, you know, kept our relationship, you know, in terms of a cadence, you know, because there's things that I take from you and hopefully I, you know, refill the jar when possible, you know. Definitely, man. I think you've always been, um, especially one of my most impactful creative influences, especially because you, you're like, look, I'm a, I'm a working man. I'm an artist too. And you would say this so boldly. Um, and you would just kind of like, almost like as if you didn't care about what anybody thought. And I was just like, dang, I really like this guy. Um, so man, I've always appreciated that about you um, and you, you genuine. So man, this is a really cool time capsule for our relationship, you know, as we continue to grow. But, you know, um, we'll switch over to the speed round, what we call the speed round. All right, let's go. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs or Denver Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't get it. Uh, no, I don't need to hear it, but what, what was it? <laughs> or Denver Broncos. Broncos. I mean, what? What kind of question is that? For the, for um, the audience, you, I'm from Kansas City. Uh, right. And they're like one of our biggest rivals outside of like the Oakland Raiders. Um, but yeah, Kansas City Chiefs all day, every day. You were in Denver for a little bit. So, you know, I just, you know. I'm in Denver right now. Oh. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm behind enemy lines, man. <laughs> um, Washington, D.C. or Denver? Oh, D.C. for sure. The culture, the, the food, you know. I would never live there again. And I'm not, I would never live here again. Um, but uh, in terms of, you know, being formative in my, you know, growth, I'd learned so much in DC. So many hard lessons have been learned, you know, yeah. so much. So, yeah. Yeah. And DC is beautiful, man. Oh, Love man. DC. Chocolate Ciudad. <laughs> um, <laughs> equity or invoice? Equity, man. I need a piece of the pie. And I need a residual. I need that check coming in. Let's go. Kanye or Drake? Kanye. Love Drake, though. Love Drake. But Kanye is more like, you know, he's been around longer, you know, and he's done way more for just the world in general. You know, when I, I was always just a bit upset when they kind of not upset because we're in this versus uh, kind of world. Yeah. And uh, you can't compare Donda to certified lover boy you know what i'm saying they're nah. two completely different projects they're two completely different genres they're two completely different artists you know one thing about drake is that he's extremely relatable and that's what that's what made him so successful and popular mm -hmm. um kanye and and he and he you know doesn't bite but he he takes a flow or takes a a, a topic or what's what pop what's popping and makes it better kanye just does kanye to the ultimate degree and just makes it, 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 it is just he just paints man he picks up a brush and he just paints you know it doesn't care what it looks like but it, it's it's just that pure expression that is is uh what's so alluring and what, what's made him so great you know totally agree man um well i think i'm more on the side of drake nowadays but i feel you in terms of like kanye's impact because it, it cannot be uh it can't be replicated um and just to that point definitely yeah. I, I'll, I'll listen to a drake album before a kanye album now like i i just can't he's he's now he's just like taking the brush doing it you know saying like, i can't even i can't even you know visualize or interpret the painting that he makes now i just yeah. really appreciate that he's still doing what he what he does 
Drake, I'll throw, I'll throw that thing on real quick and just, you know, get to it. Right. Um, and one quick thing about Kanye, too, uh, on that documentary, documentary documentary that I loved is the fact that he, um, you know, when he got to the conversation around, like, hey, he's a, he's a really good producer rapper. And he said it in this, he responded in a way that I thought sounded kind of like a kid. He was like, I don't, don't want to be, I don't want to be. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to be just, he was like, those, those cats are weak. Um, but, you know, he really advocated for himself. Yeah. I just rock with that. Um, Absolutely. And he was, he had a level of, and what I think kind of differ, differs him from like Jay-Z is that he, he was very selfish, but he also was yeah. equally as gracious and grateful and appreciative. You know, um, I was just listening to an interview. Uh, my sister actually did an interview, interviewed him on the Jasmine brand. Um, the other day shame you know (laughs) shameless plug uh she just interviewed and he was just kind of talking about like his relationship with Kanye and like he was saying um that his success is due to him listening to Dane but he just had just that he's just a monster and confident but he also reciprocates and shows appreciation and gives back you know what I'm saying like I he him and Beanie Siegel fell out you know over some BS a long time ago. And then mm-hmm. after him realizing and coming back and and uh realizing the level of success, I think I think Beanie Mac came up with the Beanie Sue came up with the name Yay or something. And when Yay started using that, he cut a check to Beanie and started, you know, you know, establish that relationship. And that's someone, that's something that I I will forever love about Kanye is because yeah. even though he says and goes off the rails and says some ridiculous stuff, he still he he loves, you can tell he loves. And you can tell those that that you know contribute to his success and those contribute to his growth mm-hmm. will always be good in his hood, you know. Right, and, and you know that 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 says a lot about character. Um, and so you know when we think about your character and your um, your level of influence, um, what do you think is your superpower? Um, I would say empathy is definitely one that I now wear as a superpower you know like for a long time you know being an artist and being empathetic is it can be debilitating in a lot of situations right Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to energy Um, if you're not confident and comfortable enough in who you are you can really allow people to sip and siphon your energy um, from you and uh, as an empath that's sometimes it happens when you aren't even you know when you least expect it and don't even know that it's happening. Um, but if you, if you understand that and utilize it as a superpower and utilize that, like for instance, for me as a, as a musician, it allows me to make music not only that sounds good to me and sounds authentic, authentic to me, but it's also relatable. When it comes to me being in sales, it's, it allows me to be able to um, you know, identify the pain points of the customer, you know, being able to identify what the issue is, um, have the customer and really actively listen to what the problem is, you know, being able to dig into that pain and quantify that, have the customer quantify it to me, and then being able to pr- provide a solution-based um, and challenge-based, um, you know, solution to help them, you know, and, and the customer is extremely grateful for that because they can tell I'm not a sleazy salesman. I'm not just, I don't just have, you know what I'm saying, this stuff under my jacket and you got to pick from it. No, I listen to what you have to say and I pull out whatever i pull out the spoon that you need i pull out the the fork that you need because i understand that you're trying to eat i understand that you Mm -hmm. need a knife because you need to cut it up you know 
as opposed to oh i got all these utensils you know mm-hmm. I, I create that that uh, that challenge-based solution for a customer and in the music i feel like i do that as well yeah definitely you know and if i were to answer that question for you i've always thought that you were confident in almost every situation i've never seen you not confident in a conversation <laughs> like even if you may not be the most correct person you're just like no this is my this is it <laughs> i i think I, I balance a fine line of like I, if i don't know i don't know you know mm-hmm. i won't i won't tell you directly that i don't know but i also won't give you no bs you know saying <laughs> like you may leave thinking that i knew but that's on you because i didn't tell you i knew <laughs> to answer that question <laughs> you know what I'm saying and I think there's a I think that that's also uh, allowed me to be so successful in sales as well because you know I, I I personally understand what I don't know um and that's another thing you know that, that's another thing that I'm you know continue to grow and work on like I said asking for help so I've had some issues you know in working previously with not being able to understand and, and understand and appreciate the fact that I don't know it and there's a certain power in and expressing that because the you're debilitated when you just sit and contemplate on not knowing what the answer is whereas when you ask for the answer there's just that limited amount of time left where you don't have the answer moving forward now you know now you know and now no one could ever make you feel like you don't know that anymore because now you know you know it's up to you to not to unlearn it or to you know you have the power and the control And, and i think you know, for me, I've always been that person that, you know, I, I, I'll seem confident on the outside because before that conversation, I've been dealing with it mentally. I've been, you know, stressing out over it. And that's also something I've been working on. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, I appreciate that. You know, it, it's hard behind behind these eyes. And, and there's a lot of there's a lot of buttons, a lot of buttons being pushed, man. Man, I, I appreciate that. And I, I, I hear you. Um, and, you know, we're going to close it off in just a second. But Jace, um, you know, you're a living legend because you execute on a consistent basis. Um, so, you know, if you were to basically urge people listening to go out and immediately do something today, uh, what do you think that would be? Uh, first and foremost, I have an event um, that I am curating with a uh, nonprofit called Erase the Hate. We have a live music and art showcase um, that we have going on down in Wynwood. So I would tell you to go and uh, buy those tickets on Eventbrite. You can follow us at, at Solar Sundays. I'm gonna type it down here in the chat too, cause we got this thing recording. Solar Sundays is the name of the event. That's it right there, I can't type. I apologize for that. You can follow us on Instagram right here at Solar Sundays. You know, follow me as well. I got music on on Apple Music, Spotify, Title, all that. You can do that. Um, but if the last thing I would like to leave, you know, uh, for everyone listening, man, like I said, ask for ask for help, man. And but prior to asking for help, you know, exhaust your resources. You know, what I'm saying, go internal, think inside, and before you ask for help, try to you know come up with your own solution. You know, um, but don't don't sit in and hark. Um, on your insecurities, hark on your issues, hark on what you're dealing with, you know, deal with it. Also, another thing, grieve, take time to grieve, whatever it is, take that time and energy to really um, understand why you feel a certain type of way about something, you know, whether it's a breakup, whether it's, you know, at work, something you're dealing with at work, whether it's a friendship, 
take the time to grieve and understand and feel. People don't feel nowadays. You know what I'm saying? We're we're completely doused with all this information from social media and from the metaverse and from from the internet that we don't and we were just flooded with everyone else's feelings that we don't even really understand how we feel about certain things. So take time to actually feel and and when there's a tragedy take time to grieve and then move on. You know what I'm saying? Like take the time to really understand how you feel so that you um try not to get yourself in that position again, but then move. You know what I'm saying? We like you said before, man, we we're only here for a limited amount of time, man. And I don't know where we go next, but it ain't going to be here. So real take the time to process these things um and all right jace thank you so much for joining me on the living legend series i truly appreciate you um man you are a living legend man thank you for being here and i hope you have a great day bro thanks you as well man love fist and rocket ships man let's go real big I know one day I would do it real big. Real big. I know one day I would do it real big.